Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from cluelessness to consciousness and back around again. Today on the podcast, I talk to Noor Livia. Noor is an advocate for helping all of us love ourselves, our planet, and others more. She does that through amazing conversations on her platforms about being vegan, about living sustainably, about self-care, and a whole host of other things. We got into so many good topics, mental health, eating disorders, how to live a fulfilling life, how to influence others. I had such a good time talking to Noor. She is a beautiful human, and I know that you all will agree. So we can go ahead and get started. Again, thank you so much for joining me and being willing to hop on and as it's a new project. You're I really welcome. appreciate I'm happy it. That you're having me and that you reached out. That's really cool. Good. So the first question I've been asking is about where you're at. So the podcast is called Consciously Clueless. And for me, that was just really creating a space for exploring what it means, those moments in life where you're like, I'm doing great. I feel conscious. I'm with it. I'm on the path. And then those moments where you're like, the rug's been pulled out and feeling a little clueless and then everything in between. So where are you at right now? Sure. Uh, I actually just want to say that I love the name. I thought it was like... Oh, thank you. Yeah, like a super cool idea. I really love the concept. Because I mean, it's like we all, everyone who's on this path, who's trying to get better and make like make better decisions for the planet, for the, for everything. We all, we're like, it's still a learning process for everyone. Whenever we're always learning new things and you cannot be perfect. Mm -hmm. We all make mistakes along the way. It changes every day. When I'm around mm-hmm. friends who are really clueless, I feel like I have a lot of questions <laughs> that I love answering and giving them tips. But then mm. I also, when I'm communicating with people who are way more advanced, I would say, uh, than me, I feel like I'm really mm-hmm. clueless. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I feel like I'll still learn. Yeah. It depends, it depends on who I'm interacting with. And also, yeah, I mean, so, you know, sometimes you make decisions that you think are going to be good and it turns out that they were not that good or they're not as easy to keep. Like when, so about, when was it? Like almost two years ago now, I decided to quit flying completely. And that was a big mm-hmm. decision that I made that I thought I was going to be able to keep, to keep it up. Uh, and it turned out that at some point I was supposed to go see my family for Christmas and there was no train going and I had to take the plane. It made me reevaluate everything and realize that I also have family on the other side of the world and Mm. going there by land, going from Europe to South Africa, for example, by land would be the adventure of a lifetime. And I would like to see them more than once again in my life. So yeah, it kind of, I think it's good to put things into perspective and try to also understand where other people come from when you when you feel like they're not doing everything that they should or not doing their best. Everyone has a different right. story, different background. So, for example, when I uh, now I live in Portugal, I was living in Belgium, mm-hmm. and it's just like simple things, but just finding uh, places for like when it's just about a, like a conscious and stable lifestyle, finding places to 
just buy your groceries in bulk and things like this. Very different mm. from one country to another. Also, recycling is very different in different countries. So you have to relearn everything and you don't all the time. I'm still yes. struggling with recycling here because I don't, I'm not sure what can and cannot be recycled and how. So I don't have a place here to compost. Well, I did when I was in Belgium. So, oh, yeah, wow. I think there is, we're always clueless. We're to, yeah. to know a lot of things, but uh, <laughs> really we're just in a big mess and trying to navigate life as well as we can, I think. It's comforting to know that we're like all in it together. Like if it's, it's one thing to feel clueless alone, but if you're like, oh, we're all just figuring it out. That's much easier to take. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I would love to circle back to um, the no flying two years ago. What led to that decision? Um, so uh, as you may or may not know, I, so I've, throughout the years, I've been making a lot of decisions about my lifestyle uh, to reduce my impact on the planet. So that's how I went vegan, started uh, living a low waste mm-hmm. lifestyle. And I always thought, I heard that flying was bad for the environment, but I was like, oh, but I'm already doing so much. That cannot be that bad. Like I'm compensating with other things. And then I went um, to see a talk by my friend Evelina from Earth Wanderess. Okay. And I saw a talk because she had quit flying about a year before that. And she did a whole talk about why she quit flying and talked about all the emissions and gave all the numbers. And it made me realize that I had no idea what I was talking about when it came to um, flying and all that kind of things. And it made me, yeah, put things in perspective and realize that I was actually being quiet. Um, what's the word? Hypocritical in some way. Mm. And because I decided to mm-hmm. close my eyes, so I wouldn't see uh, the harm. And that made me realize I was like, okay, Jesus, I can, I can do this. I'll do that too. I will quit flying now. And I actually took part uh, uh, in a flight-free campaign. I started one in Belgium and I did a lot of research about this. And yeah, and then as I told you, it was like last December that I reevaluated this after not flying for a year. I'm definitely not going to start like flying all the time and going to many places. But uh, I think it's, we can't be perfect in an imperfect world. So I think it's important to also consider this and try to cut ourselves some slack. Uh, it's hard because then I have the other side of my brain who's like, yeah, but like, this is so unconscious and so selfish. To do this, Right. So it's like, it wasn't very like, yeah, it's an inside battle. So it's hard to decide what I should and what I shouldn't do. But I'm yeah trying to trying to figure it out. <laughs> I love we can't be perfect in an imperfect world yeah. because it's easy to forget that the system wasn't set up for all these things we want yet, you know, for low waste living and for vegan lifestyles to be accessible and less flying. Like those are ideal, but the systems aren't there yet. So to judge ourselves trying to live perfectly in an imperfect world. I really think that that's important. And I know that's something I've struggled with because when I first started diving into all those different things as well, I go in like a thousand percent. I'm like, Oh, now I have to be perfectly zero waste. And then I started feeling bad about 
little things here and there and it wasn't making it fun anymore exactly and then it makes it becomes very stressful and um yeah activism and environmental burnout is a thing it's Mm. yeah it can really take a toll on your mental health as well yes definitely can you talk a little bit about burnout for activism i think that's a really it's not talked about yeah, enough. so I actually went through it uh, a little bit over a year ago. I was uh, very involved in Extinction Rebellion, uh, which is a big okay. activism group for environment. And mm-hmm. I was um, coordinating the Belgian chapter for a while, and as well as the commu- Belgian communication uh, group. So it was a lot at once, as well as uh, working at the same time. So it was all volunteer. And when you start to realize in how many ways the world is fucked. <laughs> and, you feel like, and you feel like you have to take all the, all the weight of the world on your own shoulders and that no one else, no one yes. else cares. And I was trying to do everything that I could to make things move as fast as possible until I realized that it was not my responsibility and I couldn't do that on my own. But uh, yeah, I really burned out that I was back in a very bad mental state because I... When I was younger, I battled with depression a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, it was kind of like sending me back to that. So I decided to really take a step back and uh, yeah, just retire myself from Extinction Rebellion for a little while. Uh, and yeah, so I'm still keeping an eye on everything, but not acti- actively participating. I like can't stop shaking my head right now at everything you're saying (laughs) because I relate so deeply to your experience of just throwing in and wanting to do it all and realize you can't do it all alone. That is something I'm still learning and the toll it takes on your mental health. But on the other hand, there's also something I want to touch on, which is um, to try because there's no black and white and a lot of people mm-hmm. will be like, oh, okay, so that can be very bad. So I should not do anything at all. And so we always have to find balance and find, uh, try to find some middle ground uh, because I know that a lot of people think that they try to do their best, but they don't actually do their best. Uh, so mm. yeah, shouldn't find ourselves excuses to not act right. and not yeah, speak up and change our lifestyles and try to be as good as possible for the world. Uh, so we have to find a balance and it's very hard. Like I don't have the answer on how to do this, but I think it's important to still try and do our best and not choose convenience over ethics. Yeah, honestly, what you just described is what I'm hoping to do with this podcast as well, right? Is help myself learning from everyone I get to talk to, but also other people find that balance because as someone who has swung from, oh my gosh, it has to be perfect. And then you swing to the other side and you're like, I can't even do this. You know, it is finding that in between. And I think that's what's overwhelming when people try and make changes. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me a little bit more about when and how you became vegan? Uh, yeah, so I became vegan a little bit over four years ago. It was my vegan anniversary very recently. <laughs> <laughs> Happy anniversary. Uh, so yeah, so I went vegan four years ago. Uh, I went uh, straight from eating meat to vegan. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I went vegan twice. <laughs> so okay. I actually went vegan first, uh, I think it was maybe two years before that. Okay. Like that. And I don't really remember for how long I was vegan. I mean, I would say when I was more plant-based because I don't think if you're vegan, you can go back because it's, can't really mm. change, I don't know, your ethics and your moral. Uh, so I would say that I was more plant-based than vegan back then. Uh, but I had no idea what I was doing. So I watched um, all the documentaries. I was watching a lot of YouTube about veganism and that really uh, sparked my curiosity and that's how I decided to go vegan overnight. And I had no idea how I was supposed to eat. And I was someone who originally hated fruits and vegetables. Uh, <laughs> so it was very hard. Like I was, I was like one of the leaders I knew. Uh, I would have meat and dairy for like three times a day it was bad so going from that to being vegan was very complicated and i mm-hmm. um i wasn't um educated on how to do it healthily and back then uh free the banana girl was very big on youtube uh so, okay uh, i don't know if you know free the banana girl and with all of know about her now but she was this vegan guru who had this perfect body and she was um uh, she was promoting this row till four lifestyle so eating raw food until 4 p.m and then eating a dinner but like in huge amounts of food and she said yeah there's nothing uh there's no such thing as overeating and she also came from a background of eating disorders which i also did so i was like if she can do it like this i should do the same thing and she was eating like 10 mm-hmm. bananas a day uh that's what she was called the banana girl uh and just <laughs> eating massive smoothies so that's what i started doing and i started fainting all the time and being very sick yeah my oh, health wow. like i destroyed my health for a while i uh, i have no idea what happened but my body hated it i was not meant that mm-hmm. amount of carbs i guess and i blamed on veganism because i didn't know any better i thought that veganism that didn't mm-hmm. work for me so i went back to eating animal products and i didn't went i didn't go vegetarian i went straight to eating meat again and then uh, after a while maybe like it took me a few months maybe almost a year i guess uh i started really like watching documentaries again and educating myself again and feeling like my actions were not aligning at all with my beliefs so i decided to actually go vegan for real and I went again overnight uh, without really learning more, but I said at the day I went vegan again to educate myself straight away on how to eat and do the transition in a more, like, yeah, more smoothly. And I right. haven't looked back ever since and I never will. <laughs> when you, I'm so curious, when you went vegan the first time and your health was starting to struggle, did a lot of people in your life too blame veganism? Everyone, yeah. Of course. That's so, it's so interesting um, because you can do any diet right or wrong or any way of eating right or wrong, but it's always fascinating to me when um, things aren't attributed to like if people smoke or drink or eat fast food all the time, but someone goes vegan and everyone is up in arms about how you're going to keep it up or also be healthy. Also back then, the first time I went vegan, I was still a smoker because I quit smoking uh almost five years ago now. I was still oh, smoking, wow, okay. I was partying a lot. Uh, 
drinking mm-hmm. a lot, like doing drugs sometimes. So that was, I was like, my my lifestyle was completely different. So you weren't taking care of your body in other ways. And then all of a sudden you were doing this like raw vegan diet yeah. and your body was like, what's happening? But it's funny because like now everyone, like a lot of my friends are either went vegetarian or vegan or considering it or at least interested and curious. So, and like mostly my the people who I've met since, but also the people who I knew, who knew me before, and the first time I went vegan, no one remembers it. Like everyone's, yeah, like I don't even think my parents remember it. Like it's kind of like if it was another part of my life, like another life. And everyone like sees me as someone who's thriving on veganism, which I'm very happy about. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, but, and now you actually do nutrition coaching. Uh, not correct? anymore. I did for a while. Uh, uh, okay. but yeah, it turned out that I, I enjoy reaching out to more people at once and doing things that are more general than just doing one coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I did a, a nutrition course, plant-based nutrition course that was very interesting. I really enjoyed it. Did that help your own understanding of what went quote-unquote wrong the first time too absolutely and it's interesting also because there's so much science on the topic and everyone has a different opinion and the same research can show so many different things and if you read books by those big plant-based doctors who talk about how carbs are very important for you everything makes sense you have some other one that are gonna talk about how eating more fats is better for you and all the research makes sense. If you're not a scientist yourself, it's hard to know what is true and what isn't. And I think we all have very different bodies, so it's important to uh, experiment. It's all about trial and error, I think. Personally, I know that I've tried the high-carb, low-fat diet. I've tried more high-fat mm. diet. I've tried more high-protein, and I know that I thrive on a balance of everything. I, yeah, high carb doesn't work for me. Um, high fat doesn't work for me. And yeah, the balance of everything is good for me. And I'm very much into intuitive eating and trying to listen to my body, which takes a very long time to learn because we have, yeah, we've always taught our bodies to do the thing that our mind is telling it and like the, the yes. our bodies, but our brain, like, yeah, our body listens to our brain. So I think it's very, it's like the wrong way to do things. So I've learned. Can you talk a little bit more about intuitive sure. eating? Uh, so basically it means to uh, try to, it's, there's no way to put it simply because it sounds very easy like this, just said like this, but it's not. But it's basically learning what your body needs when it's hungry. Uh, mm-hmm. Like being able to discern hunger from just wanting to eat and to know what kind of things uh, make you feel good. And that takes a long time. It takes a lot of, yeah, trying and error again, just trying different things. Um, I tried for a while doing intermittent fasting uh, mm. and that did not, did not work for me. I have a lot of friends who love it and for whom it works really well. They don't uh-huh. because with a mm-hmm. heavy fast of eating disorders, it was just putting me back into a mindset of really like controlling my food intake and just it was making me obsessed with food 
So I decided to learn how to eat more intuitively. And it turns out that most days I'm actually intermittent fasting, but not because I force myself to, but because I'm just like not really feeling like eating until a certain time. But if I'm feeling hungry, I will not hesitate to eat earlier. Like this morning, I woke up very hungry and I had some oatmeal and that was great. So it's just about trying to listen to your body. And if you feel hungry, trying to know what is going to make you feel healthy. And I mean, it's very different also, I think, for men and women, because I know women, depending on the time of their uh, cycle, we need different things, different nutrients. And that's also still something I don't know much about and that I would love to learn more about. And I'm still very clueless in my (laughs) (laughs) Would you be comfortable talking about your history with eating disorders? Because I I really appreciate your willingness to talk about dealing with different things because it's something I'm trying to do more because I think the more authentic and more I share, the easier it feels to connect with people and it doesn't feel like you're on an island. Sure. Yeah. It's something that I took me a long time to be able to talk about it, but I think it's very important to even just for me, it's, it makes it easier if I just talk about it, I think, whether it's at first. Mm-hmm. And also, so we realize that so many of us struggle with those things. Mm-hmm. So you struggled with eating disorders before going yeah, vegan? Yeah, I started when I was like 12 or 13. So I struggled with disorders for maybe oh, wow. 15 years. Okay. How did you work through that? Uh it was a very, very long journey, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, I would say that recovery is always an uphill battle. Uh, it's, I don't mm-hmm. think, like, I can speak for everyone, but anyone I know who's been through this, everyone agrees that it's never really over. Like, it's always something that will be part of you, mostly when it's been a part of you for so long. So it's always you will have to mm. fight against. And I know I've had times where I've relapsed, quote-unquote, and it's, mm-hmm. I think it's part of life when you feel vulnerable and when you're going through a tough time, it's easy to go back to what felt comfortable before. And mm-hmm. yeah, even though it's very painful, it's good to remember what helped you get over it in the first place. Uh, but yeah, I think it was what really helped me was doing a lot of research about self-care and self-love, starting to meditate, journal, being more conscious. And also I know that what works best for me and what I'm always trying to um, achieve is eat as healthy as I can because I know that if I know what I'm going to eat and I make a plan, then I will not feel as bad. Yeah, I will not feel bad about what I'm eating and I will not feel the need to go binge eating or to starve myself. And yeah, it's all about trying to find balance. And I know that if I eat clean most of the time, then I will not blame myself if I eat junk food at some point. So it's all about trying to find balance. It's still not perfect and it's still hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, always. Thank you for sharing You're about welcome. that. Thank you for making me open up. <laughs> Does that, did that feel connected to when you were dealing with depression? 
as oh, well. So it was the same time period uh, when I was a teenager. I yeah, I started with depression with so it was anorexia and bulimia, one like one and then the other. Always alternate. Uh, yeah, it was alternating. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I went out. Uh, that's something I've, I think I've spoken about it in a video on YouTube uh, a while ago. But I also um, went was in the hospital three times for suicide attempts. Uh, to my depression and my eating disorders when I was younger it was when I was 19, 20, and 21. So yeah, all these things are definitely interconnected. Mm-hmm. I have been dealing with depression, I think for longer than I've, well, not dealing with it really. I've had depression for longer than I was dealing with it is something I'm kind of working through now, realizing how I've kept it just at bay mm-hmm. enough. Um, but now was in the last few months, I've really had to deal with it. And I remember talking to my therapist and saying, what if it comes back and gets as bad as it was before, you know, just being worried and scared of that. And something that she said that I always come back to is, but you have more tools this time, you know, you got through it this time. I love this. Mm -hmm. And I think about it a lot when I start to kind of worry oh what if that dark cloud is coming back I'm like well I got through it and I have the tools from last time so it's like every day and she was really honest which I really appreciate she was like it might it might come back like that we don't know I can't tell the future but what tools do you have this time that you didn't have last time awesome yeah and I honestly feel like personally I feel like it cannot get as bad as it used to be because actually yeah because now I'm more conscious and I I've learned to know myself much better and I know what works for me and what helps me. So whenever I feel like I'm mm-hmm. falling back into that kind of pattern, I know how to pick myself up. Mm-hmm. I've learned over the years, uh, I used to be someone who could not be alone. I was so afraid of myself being on my own, always be around mm. other people. And I forced myself, uh, while I started traveling on my own and I forced myself to spend a lot of time alone, which I ended up loving. And uh, I learned how to deal with things myself. I don't remember how, where, or when, but I remember someday hearing or reading somewhere. Um, what was it exactly? It was a, if you don't take charge of your life, no one will do it for you. Mm. And I, I may, might not have been those exact words, but something, and like that was the idea. And I was like, damn, that is so true. So, so I decided to just do, yeah, figure things out on my own and work on myself and how I know how to do it. And if I need it, I know how to get back to a brighter place. Right. Well, I think that quarantine and everything going on in the world in 2020 has caused a lot of mental health issues to either resurface or come out or... Um, just be present in people that maybe don't even understand what's happening. And you put out an ebook about um, surviving yeah. quarantine. Yeah, the uh, online course actually. Yeah, a little e- I loved the um, the ebook, and I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that. And maybe you can share a few tips for how to get sure. through. Well, I think now it's not as relevant anymore because most places are not in quarantine anymore. Uh, I don't know. How is it for you? Well, we're in the United States right now. There are a lot of states that are having a second surge that opened up 
too early. So there's a lot of talk now of kind of going back and needing to maybe reevaluate. So we're kind of still in the, in the thick of it. I think more than people realize I've been working at home since March. Mm-hmm. And and will be for yeah, have a, a lot while. Of in the U.S. Who wanted to come back to Europe and impossible. No one can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. I can give a few tips. Uh, what? Ooh, it's been a while. I haven't thought about it because yeah, here we've been more free <laughs> lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh. That's what, all right. uh, what kind of tips like on um... it was just comforting to re- to like look through your ebook because it was like oh yeah like take care of myself like give myself some grace and all those things that we know but we especially right now I can speak for myself need to be reminded yeah. so that's of. the main thing I think also I also I think I've made a few mistakes in that ebook it was at the beginning and everyone was in this uh, like super motivated mood, like, oh, okay, now we have all this time at home, we can learn so much, we can do so much, and what, everyone was putting so much pressure on themselves. I like, mm. whoa, 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 whoa. We actually, days still only have 24 hours. <laughs> we didn't get yes. more time. Uh, and putting that much pressure on ourselves while also being confined can be very stressful. So um, I think it's important to remind ourselves it's the same thing as with all the low waste environmental things. It's important to mm-hmm. uh, do things that are good for us ourselves and remind ourselves and cut ourselves some slack and yeah, remind ourselves that we cannot do everything. And but it's also right. important not to find excuses to fall on the other side. I think it's always mm-hmm. about finding balance. I think it's good to learn to have a good routine if we're in quarantine so that we know what works for us and just experiment and do a lot of different things. I mean, if you have, if you know you're going to be stuck at home for weeks or months, time to experiment with trying different things and like seeing if you enjoy, I don't know, like doing yoga in the morning or in the evening, if you enjoy meditation for how long and what you think are your priorities. And I think once you figure out what is good for you and what works for you, that's the reason why I love routines is because I don't necessarily stick to them to the T every day. Know that if Mm -hmm. I get to a place where I'm not feeling as good anymore, I know that I have a system that I can fall back to that works for me. Definitely. That is so important to have the the routine that you know really Mm -hmm. works. It's almost like a checklist. If I'm starting to feel like I'm having a bad day, it's almost like I can think of that routine and think of that list and think, okay, before Mm -hmm. I fall over, did I do those things that I know? Exactly. It'll be hard. Like sometimes I know that what works for me, but I wake up and I'm like, I don't feel like doing it, even though I know it's going to work. I feel too lazy or I feel like, ugh, I want to do something else. And also I discovered other things that make me very happy. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, in a routine, but I know that cooking makes me very happy. Uh, Of course, I don't Mm -hmm. spend an hour cooking every morning. But I know that if I spend time in the kitchen cooking myself a good meal or cooking for other people, I will feel good. And it's very, it's very meditative for me. And acquiring more mm-hmm. plants, as you, see, you can see <laughs> the background. Uh, and right before uh, you called me, I was um, I was repotting some plants, and I've been growing a lot of uh, 
like a lot of vegetables and a lot of uh, edibles mm. and that just makes me very happy it's like it's me brings me to a happy place and i know that's something that works and makes me get some headspace and take my off of the right. craziness and just slowing down definitely so let's talk a little bit more about low waste and sustainability and how you got interested in learning about those things so that yeah i get the question a lot but i don't actually really know i don't remember it just like slowly made its way into my life <laughs> um mm-hmm. it's there it came from veganism because i went vegan before um learning all about the environment i think from going vegan i watched cowspiracy uh and then i started watching uh more youtube videos and i discovered a lot of channels that actually talk about both veganism and the environment and the thing is i have this thing when i learn something new and i feel like it's important i feel like i need to learn more and to sh- be able to share about it i feel like as a human it's my duty to uh worry about what's wrong <laughs> and help people make better choices so uh yeah i think basically it just came very gradually uh after i went vegan i started learning more about it and feeling like i needed to do more research and i'm i'm still i still feel like a noob i still feel like i have so much more to learn and so many more books to read and documentaries to watch and sometimes it feels very overwhelming and i feel like so many people know way more about way more than me about the topic so yeah it's yeah i still feel like i i'm on the path to learning more about what i can do and make things better what you share and the videos that you have on YouTube are all really approachable, which is something that I really appreciate because um, I talked about this in another interview, but I think that it's hard sometimes when you get an interest sparked like, oh, veganism, I, I've been curious about that or, oh, making less waste, I'm curious about that. And sometimes you can find resources that are so overwhelming that it makes you think, oh, never mind, I could never do that. Um, and that's really hard. But I think the, the things I've read from you and the videos are all really, like, really good for making you feel like you can be a part of that, too. And I really love Thank that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just trying to make everything mm-hmm. easy and approachable. I mean, I've uh, written three ebooks uh, also, and one is about veganism and with recipes, one is about sustainability, and one is about self-care and self-love. And the one of sustainability is like it divides everything in four categories to kind of try to tackle different areas of your life. I'm trying to make like all the three ebooks are very easy tips. Uh, mm-hmm. and things that anyone can do. And I'm trying to just put everything in ease, like, yeah, in an easy form with easy words, um, simplify everything so it doesn't feel overwhelming. I think it's very important mm-hmm. because, yeah. A lot of people don't have much time, much free time to do all those things. And if they don't have a real good reason, if they don't really know why they want to change, why will they change, right? Like, so if you make things easy and approachable for everyone, then maybe they might look into it a little bit more and it might spark their curiosity and then they will want to learn more themselves. And I think finding that why is so important because that is what keeps me motivated to make change is the overarching why and it's like when I really connected to it being more than just about myself right like about it being about the big picture 
then I really connected to it on a different level. Like the other day, uh, I was, uh, we were buying food with my colleagues and one of my colleagues was mainly, he's mainly plant-based, but he's not completely vegan. And I, that day I was like, you know what? I don't really eat that very often, but I feel like vegan cheese. So I got some vegan cheese and he said the ingredients, he's like, well, this is like, it would be healthier to eat normal cheese. And I'm like, well, because I was saying that I know that this is not like the healthiest one. It was from like, you know, in the thing from the supermarket. And I was like, okay, uh, but just once in a while, I'm reminded. And he right. like, oh, it would be healthier to eat some normal cheese. I was like, well, I don't care. Like, I'm, that is not <laughs> the reason why I'm choosing this. I like, I am, my health, I, I care about my health, but it's not my number one priority. And the reason why, even if it wasn't good for my health and I would need to supplement like crazy, I will still be vegan because I'm, that is not the number one reason why I am vegan. Mm. And I, yeah. Well, I think that was my health was my insert into veganism. Like that's where it came from. And then that I similarly to you think then that's where the environmental stuff came from. And then finally the animal rights came from. And that was the one that I had known, but was avoiding because I didn't want to deal with it. But it was definitely health was the starter and health is still a huge motivator and has been a big game changer for, um, my body, but it's not the only thing. And I think that's what you were talking about in the beginning of the interview. You made a distinction between being vegan and being plant-based and one having ethics involved. Yeah, exactly. I think being plant-based is more about the food that you eat. Uh, And Mm -hmm. a lot of plant-based people still allow themselves to have dairy once in a while. Uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. some, even like some fish or yeah, some animal products in general. Uh, And but it's not really about because like when you're vegan it's it implements so many different things and it just involves everything in your life it's about what you wear like it's about leather wool silk uh about choosing products that are cruelty free in your daily life and Mm -hmm. it's and of course you can be perfect yeah you can't be perfect and like i it happens sometimes that by mistake i will buy something that is not vegan like i mean Food-wise, right. uh, well, I hope not, not that I know of. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and unfortunately, it's not always super easy, but it's all about making the best choices that you can. Yeah. So you just brought up clothing, and that's something I've more recently started mm-hmm. looking more into just about sustainability. And it looks like you have your own line of um sustainable clothing yeah, i do so cool. but i haven't really promoted it that much so it hasn't grown okay. but, uh, yeah and um, it's just two designs that i made and one is uh about veganism and one is more uh, environmental design and i really mm-hmm. love them like i actually have them have some of them here myself um but yeah uh that's something that was very exciting but it's not easy because i even if i sold some I mean, it's it's all sustainable and ethical, so it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're super cute. I was looking at them yesterday. Yeah, I know. I I love the designs. <laughs> they're super comfy. So, what got you interested in sustainable fashion? Because that's one for me that I think is 
you know, like all of this stuff, you just take for granted where clothing comes from and how it's made and all of that stuff. And that's been more of a recent thing for me that I've really thrifted more. And if I'm going to buy something new, I look at the company more and, but it's also a, that's a privilege too, to be able to have the time to do that. So that's another thing where, um, the conversation has to be about accessibility. Yeah. Yeah. So then again, that's, uh, I don't really know how I came to this, but it's the same again, like everything led to everything. And I learned about it when I was, I think, I think most of the things I learned about on YouTube, because like a, you have a lot of uh, YouTubers who talk about all those topics. So it mm-hmm. really helps to like spark light on, on, on all the different topics. And once again, I felt like it was my duty when I started learning about all this to share about it and to make more, to do more research and learn more. So that's what happened. But uh, I know that it's not easy for everyone. And unfortunately, we live in a world where we value convenience over most mm. things. Uh, so it's easy to just, yeah, go out and just, you need a new t-shirt. Well, just go to H&M and buy the cheapest one and that's it. Right. So uh, I make a conscious effort to buy either second, like, first of all, to buy very rarely. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. to try to reduce my consumption as much as I can. And I think that's the main thing we can do to reduce our impact like in every way. Mm-hmm. Consumption. And when I need to buy, I will try to buy secondhand as soon as possible. And if I cannot find what I need, then I will turn to... Um, yeah, a sustainable and ethical brand. But sometimes it's hard. It's also way more expensive usually. So, and secondhand is cheap, but I mean, not everyone has access to secondhand store. Uh, mm-hmm. I do, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's not great here, but I still have the option. But depending on where you live mm-hmm. in the world, it's not always easy to find. And depending on your body shape, body size, you might not need mm-hmm. and if you need and if you don't have many resources financially most of the time you don't really have a, like many options so i think it's worth remember to right. not blame and shame others for their choices and also i think a lot of people blame people who are not educated but it's we have to remember that we were not educated at some point and uh it's like like all the angry vegans who get very mad at people who don't know better, but you were there at some point, unless you were born vegan, and that's very rare. Like, <laughs> yeah, family, right. So I think it's very important to also keep in mind that everyone has a different background and comes from a different place, and simply to accept others and have the patience to explain and lead by example. I think is the best thing we can do. It's just make people see that we are living. But living uh, in alignment with our beliefs and with our values is making us happy and happy mm-hmm. and yeah, and just I think that's the best way we can uh, convey the message. That's something that I definitely need to remember because when I first started getting interested in all these things, I feel like I was because I became so passionate and I it's like the you know, the cloth gets pulled out from over your eyes and you're like, oh, there's a lot of things wrong with the world. We have to fix it and I have to do it right now and everyone should listen to me and join the fight. 
and it's so hard that I think a lot of people in my life were like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> um, and then I think back to my best friend since I, we were eight years old. She's still my best friend. She became vegan when we were really young and she was way ahead of the curve. And I have only been vegan for a few mm-hmm. years and it was like a very slow transition for me. Okay. And I just think of her patience and her always just, you know, like being my best friend growing up, despite the fact that I was always like hunting and fishing and eating meat. And cause I grew up in Northern uh, the United States in the woods and that was just normal. And once it like hit me and all dawned on me, I just remember talking to her and being like, wow, it was really just you like being there and showing me that it was possible and not throwing it in my face or making me feel bad. It was like, I guess that's what I have to do for other people. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Like I think if you look at my posts on Instagram from a few years ago, I was way more vindictive, way, way more harsh. <laughs> and yeah, I and I go through those phases too where I'm just like so frustrated. I'm like, okay, come on, we've got to do something. But then you're so right. I mean, I haven't always had these beliefs or had this knowledge. And also, when you're surrounded by vegans, just a part of it. it can be hard because people like to make fun of vegans. And I mean, I don't have any yes. vegan friends here. And I just have to get used to it. I'm like, yeah, okay, the same joke again. Yeah, the lion. Yeah, bacon, yummy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I get enough protein. Yes, I... I also like a thing I love doing is cooking vegan food for all my non-vegan friends. And I love to cook, and usually they love it, and, and that always makes me very happy. I think it's a great thing to mm-hmm. uh, lead the way. <laughs> yes, it's my favorite moment when someone says, "This yeah, is vegan. right." And you get to be like, yes, <laughs> and you loved it. You ate it all. I just all. went for lunch now with two friends who are not vegan and went to a vegan restaurant. And they were like, is this vegan? No, that's impossible. It can't be vegan. It's so good. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> Those are my favorite moments. So we've talked about this a little bit throughout, but I'm just curious what do you do specifically to slow down and become present? And then has that changed for you over time? Uh, do you mean in general? Or, uh... Yeah, just like what, it, like what are your practices that you do to kind of slow down, um, check in with yourself? Like what does that look like for you? And has that changed yeah, well, or evolved? Well, it's like nothing very special. It's pretty basic, but meditating, mm-hmm. journaling um uh yeah moving my body doing yoga uh these are things that i know help um i love to do Mm -hmm. is having a nice quiet chilled evening like putting on candles playing some chill jazz or music Mm -hmm. and just yeah disconnecting that's really Mm -hmm. like reading a book in bed with some chill music always works um and as i was saying cooking and taking care of plants has been like i was never like i always liked having plants around but i was never a plant geek <laughs> but like, yeah like, yeah quarantine, actually uh yeah it just 
I just started loving growing plants and now I have like four avocados growing on this side of my window when I planted some basil and some like, I don't know, like a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that really makes me super happy. And that's something that helps me ground, uh, ground myself more, I think. Maybe, maybe somehow that's a little bit woo, but feel more connected to the earth. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, you're literally growing something out so of the exciting. dirt. So is there anything that you want people to know about you or anything you want to share that I haven't asked you yet or haven't given you space for? Um, nothing right on the top of my head like this. Uh, I think you've asked some very good questions. It was like really cool. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, where can people connect with you if they want to connect uh, after this? So the easiest way is on Instagram. Uh, so it's mm -hmm. at nor n o u r dot livia l i v i a uh, and you can also find me on YouTube also nor livia um, I haven't made videos in a while I mean maybe the last one I posted was maybe like three months ago and before that it was a while before but it's because I kind of been feeling like it's harder to know what people want to see. Uh, and I don't want to create mm. content that is not going to bring any value to anyone. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so I'm just like kind of in a moment where I'm struggling to know what I want to do and where I want this to go. But uh, if anyone has any suggestions, I'll be very happy to take them. Awesome. And I'll put your YouTube in the show notes too, so people can find awesome. it and Thank check Great. it out. Thank you. And I have my website, it's norlivia.com, where I have my, it's my blog and I have, uh, my ebook on there and everything so everything and your yes, clothing everything is on the same website yeah it's really yeah. beautiful yeah it was so lovely to talk to you awesome. it was really great conversation i'm excited to keep um moving with this project and see what happens oh, yeah do you have any idea when this episode is going to come up i'm trying to figure that out currently like how often i'm going to release episodes i should know a better idea soon so i'll let you know but it could okay. be a couple weeks awesome. i'm excited but yeah i hope to continue connecting with you i like really loved this oh, conversation just, like it was an hour i didn't feel like it went for i know i was like i was like i feel like we could be friends this is like a really lovely conversation yes and um if you ever want to chat more about things, I love talking about all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and I really don't have that many people around me here that I really talk about this thing, which is always nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of people here too <laughs> because of isolation and trying to trying to be as careful as I can. So I'm always up for a Zoom chat awesome. or anything. Who have you had on the podcast so far? Um, John Rush. He's a Canadian pro football player who's vegan and does like rescue work with dogs. Um, oh, is he the one that posted yesterday? Oh, I guess. Okay, okay. Yes. He was the first interview one. Um, and then Jeffrey Boadi, Bo okay. he's in the UK. Um, oh, I guess you're the fifth because then there was, um, his name's Ruben Lozano. He's not very well known, but he's a cop in, a vegan cop in one of the Southern oh, wow. states, which was a really interesting conversation given everything that's going on yeah, in the U.S. right now. That. 
yeah, yeah. I was, I was really, I was kind of nervous, but also excited to see like what happened. It ended up being really great conversation. And then there was a woman, her name is Bella Lamb. Um, I talked to her yesterday or two days ago. I don't know. Time means nothing during quarantine. I don't know what day it is. Um, and she started a vegan baking mix company actually in the same state that I live in. Minnesota, right? My mm-hmm. boyfriend actually grew up partly in Minnesota. Oh, wow. Do you uh, know where? In uh, the biggest city. Uh, Minneapolis, yeah. St. Paul? Yeah. Okay. Was, oh, that's so great. He was playing hockey, so he was uh, Oh, okay. Yep. We get a lot of hockey players in Minnesota. <laughs> that's funny. That's I awesome. I told him that I was going to do the podcast with you, and he was from Minnesota. He was super excited. He was like, oh, really? Like, where is she from? so he'll know like i'm like from way up north like i'm way in the top of the state like right next to canada so i'm like in the woods (laughs) like small town yeah yeah i went and lived in minneapolis for four years for college and everything and went and got my graduate degree somewhere and i wasn't gonna move home and then ended up moving home and you always appreciate places differently as an adult You know, I was like, oh, this was actually like a beautiful place to grow up that I was such a brat about when I was, I was younger. Totally good. Totally relates. You grew up in Paris? I grew up in Paris until I was 12, uh, but always moving between Paris and the suburbs. Uh, then I moved to Luxembourg for three years, and then we moved to Belgium when I was 15. Was oh, wow. Uh, until the end of uh, high school, and I moved back to Paris for, uh, for two years. To Belgium, then I moved to the US for a year, and back to Belgium, and then I mostly started traveling, and I've been just all around. Wow, that's been a, amazing! It's been tiring. I'm very happy that I've been <laughs> It's been almost a year since I've been here, which is crazy to me. Uh, I'm loving it. Here. Yeah, like putting some roots down. Literally, with all my plants. <laughs> I love that you're getting into plants and everything. That's so, so fun. Cool. Like I just bought two new ones today. Like they're so they look so fun. <laughs> I love walking in and being like, oh hi, and like there's green in they here. Have, they all have names. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I almost asked you that because I like name what all my plants. And and some people think it's funny and others are just like <laughs> You know what? I haven't given names to the new ones yet, so I'll name one of them Carly. Oh, thank you. This is going to be Carly. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh, they're so pretty hanging like that yeah, too. I love it. I've been trying to make it very cozy for quarantine. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I have to get back to my other job, but it was so lovely chatting with you and I hope that we continue to keep you connecting. Too, definitely. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Have a good rest of your evening, Have afternoon. Have a good rest of your day. And I'm excited to listen to all the other podcasts you've been recording. Thank you so much. Okay, Talk bye. to you soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I hope you're feeling your heart open a little bit more like I did after that conversation. Nora's vulnerability in talking about things that affected her in life was so refreshing, and I'm so happy that I had her on the podcast.
If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you're listening. And I would so appreciate it if you could leave me a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. You might just be read as the review of the week next week.